Welcome to the Ruby Kind Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle, and I'm really honored you've joined us. The Ruby Kind is a community of thriving young women learning to embrace our unique giftings through real conversation and practical application. We are passionate about empowering you to be an authentic Jesus follower, the kind that's worth far more than rubies. Welcome to the Ruby Kind Podcast. I'm so excited that you joined us today. We are in our May um, episode for 2020, and this month we are kind of centering everything around all the mamas out there because they definitely deserve all the love and attention. And so what we're doing this month is going to do some different giveaways, and our topic is going to be focused around this. And I'm so excited to introduce my guest this month because, well, we share the same name, so we're pretty cool like that. But (laughs) uh, Danielle and I have known each other since we were like five years old, actually. We were really, really good friends when we were little, from like five to, I don't know, eight years old. Um, Our parents were close, and we grew up in the same church, and so we kind of grew up together and then didn't really see each other, but maybe... I mean, a handful of times from our late elementary age through our, like, being adults. I think it was like, I think I remember seeing you again when I was like maybe 19, just out of Go Ministries. I don't even remember. It was definitely after graduating high school. And we just have been reconnecting over the past couple of years. Um, She and her husband live in Kentucky. I'll let her kind of share a little bit more about herself. But yeah, she's going to be joining us today. And Danielle, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you love and what you love, kind of what you're passionate about? So my name is Danielle, and I have a husband and three children. Brantley is six, Olivia is three, and then I just had a baby, Evie, who is two months old. And I am a homeschool mama. I homeschool Brantley, and I love animals. I really focus on having animals here on our property where we have chickens right now. We're in the process of getting goats so that we can milk them. And I really like using the land to benefit my family. I like making home products and stuff like that from scratch. Yeah, she's the bomb. So Danielle has this awesome page, um, which I'm sure you would let us share your public page in our in our show notes. Um, I'm just asking you that now. So let's just assume that's, yes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Called the Proverbs 31 Homesteader. And I love this kind of stuff. We're kind of kindred spirits in this about making weird things from scratch. And um, so she makes all these different like salves and lip balms and dandelion jelly, right? Didn't you just make a <laughs> yes, post about dandelion, dandelion jelly? <laughs> I, Brian was like, the weed? And I was like, little do you know, Brian, the power of a dandelion. <laughs> and aren't you taking some classes right now even like in herbalism or herbal medicine or something yep. like that? I just started taking some um, herbal classes and I liked them so much that I already signed up for the next group yeah. of them. <laughs> That's exciting. As I was talking to Danielle the other day and we were preparing and kind of like chatting through all of this, she was walking on her property and her husband was building, like working on their coop for their chickens this year. And she, or no, 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 the the fence for the goats. 
That's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> We're just, yeah. She's she's definitely one of the inspirations for me. So when I was thinking about who to have on for a guest this month, um, Danielle was one of the first ladies I thought of because she really exemplifies. I mean, she, obviously she's passionate about Proverbs 31, just like we are, because she kind of has named her her whole little group after that. But Danielle just really exemplifies a lot of those character traits that we see in a Proverbs 31 woman. And I'm sure she would try and make me not toot her horn here, but so I won't do it for too long. But um, she just um, really, from what I can see, she exemplifies just serving and loving her family in a way that's very practical um, and spiritual. And so she's passionate about the word and seeing the word invested into her family's life. But she also just really gets into the nitty gritty of what it means to really care for her family. And I really appreciate that about you, Danielle. So thank you for joining us today. So I'm going to call this the motherhood edition because we're going to cover a lot within this. But when I talked to Danielle about what her heart was for other mothers and other women and what she felt kind of the struggles were and the things that we come up against that we need to come back to the word in, the first thing she mentioned was it immediately resonated with me. And that was talking about comparison. So we're going to talk about that pretty heavy today and go to some scripture and just kind of share some stories and stuff like that. I think that we can all see in the world that just like with anything else, that there's a lot of ditches that we fall into. And in motherhood, it seems like there is a lot of, in fact, I think there's a term for it now, mom shaming Yes, <laughs> that happens within the world of mothers. Within, and sometimes it's not even, maybe it's, it's a woman that just has an opinion about how other mothers, maybe they're not a mother themselves, but they just have an opinion about things. And so there's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of judgmental attitudes and behaviors. There's a lot of jealousy and covetousness. Um, And we believe uh, at the Ruby kind that we're kind of set apart from that. The Bible talks about how a woman that is following after God, she's a rare gem. She's kind of a treasure to behold. And so we want to look at what the word says in this series. Did God really say we need to be asking ourselves the question, what does God say about this specific topic? So I'm going to read kind of the central verse that we're going to surround this conversation in, and then we're just going to kind of have a conversation about that. So Matthew 13, 22, and in particular, I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. Danielle shared this translation with me, and it is just, I, I agree with her, it is just so dead on exactly what we need to reflect on when it comes to comparison. And it says, the seed sown among weeds represents the person who receives the message, but all of life's busy distractions, his divided heart, and his ambition for wealth result in suffocating the kingdom message and prevent him from bearing spiritual fruit. And obviously this just isn't talking about dudes here. <laughs> so um, it's it's a di- her divided heart and her ambition result in suffocating the kingdom message and prevent her from bearing spiritual fruit. And oh my gosh, is that not ever true? Life's distractions, division in our heart, our overzealous ambition for attaining our own personal gain and our own personal wealth, it suffocates the gospel and prevents us from bearing the fruit that we want to see in our lives. And Danielle, maybe you just want to even share a little bit about what like what you thought of when you read through this verse. 
Yeah, so there were a few points that hit with me. Um, life's busy distractions and how many times that, you know, we have a viewpoint or we have a goal that we're working towards and then we get so easily distracted and it starts taking us off on these tangents that keeps us and prevents us from doing what God's called us to do. Um, the divided heart part of it and how important it is that when God set a sight into your heart, that you don't allow other things to come in there to steal your heart, to steal your mind and start causing that division for you to waver from what he's told you. And the part where it talks about suffocating the kingdom message. And I started thinking about that. And it's like, we have been called to be salt and light into this world. And so our life is a walking example, can be a walking example of, you know, what he's trying to get to the people of this earth. And so how we live our life and what we're doing with our life can be his message to the others around us. And so if we are doing these things and we're getting distracted and we have a divided heart, then it can prevent us from giving that message that he's wants us to by living our life. That's so true. I, I heard somebody say recently, it's not a matter of, well, let me, let me backtrack a little bit that essentially the Bible says that they'll know they're, they will know that we are his disciples by our love one for another. Essentially, that people will know that we are God's we are God's people by the fruit that we bear in our lives and that it's not a question of is somebody a disciple or is somebody not like it's not just a theoretical thing that we just kind of like sort through in our heads no the fruit is the evidence of the relationship you know and so you know like you said if we're called to be salt and light to the world around us. And as moms, I think that we hold such an incredible position, obviously within our families' lives, but in in the relationship that we have with other women that have this unique thing that have walked through this thing as well. And, and it's, it's like we have the opportunity through our example in our lives to point people back to Jesus. And, and when we're suffocated by all of the distractions of life, of jealousy, of ambition, of all of these things, when it gets our eyes off, it it not only prevents like true fulfillment from happening in our lives, but it prevents other people from being able to see Christ in us. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that it it creates contention and and but we have the opportunity to stay connected to truth and that fruit will be an automatic byproduct of walking with Jesus. So there were a couple of things that we talked about the other day um, when it comes specifically to comparison. And I wanted you to share a little bit about how you had talked the other day about how comparison becomes a distraction. And it's funny because that's exactly the words that you used. And we were reading that right in the scripture. But um, I, that was one of the things I know stood out to you the most about what, what you've experienced as a mom and what you've seen with other women, um, how comparison becomes a distraction. Can you share a little bit on that? Yeah, so me personally, um, 
about three years ago, God gave me a vision as to my life and how it pertained to me personally, things with my children, and how we were to live our life as a family in regards to um you know, physical things like I talked about earlier that I have a passion for, you know, using herbs and oils, things of this earth to be able to benefit my family. And so God gave me this vision and it was hard at the beginning because you see this vision and you get so excited and you're mm-hmm. like, yes, you want me to do all of this and this is where I'm going and I'm so excited. Yeah. And I believe that it was a vision for him to show me this is where you're going to be. Now let's come back to where you are and I'm going to get you there. And so it's, you know, okay, take a pause and now we're going to get there. And it's so easy to get excited and just want to run into it, but it's taking that journey to get there. And so some things that I have ran into myself and I believe, you know, a lot of people do is the area of distraction. And so the Lord gave me this vision that I'm working towards three years ago. <laughs> and so that could, you yeah, know, in yeah. in some sense seem like a long time ago. And it's so easy. It is so easy to get distracted with life, with other things, with other people's opinions. You know, you have to deal with when you start sharing your vision with other people and what other people think that you can or can't do or what they think is right or wrong. And so you start getting all of these other influences in telling you what their opinions are on what you want to do. And the distraction is so easy to allow you to pull away from that laser vision that God's given you. Yeah. I really do believe that it is the enemy's way of pulling you from doing what God has put in your heart and what he's intended for you to do with your life. And it's so easy to lose that focus. And when you start focusing on what other people say, and then that doubt starts to creep in and say, well, did he really say that to me? Does he really want me to do that? Did he really mean that? Or am I really capable of doing that? Like, I don't believe that I can do that personally, me, myself. Um, You know, I'm not smart enough or I'm not able enough to be able to do those kinds of things. Why would he tell me to do that if I don't think that I can do it? And so all this doubt starts creeping in and it can tamper with your vision. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to get sucked down into that rabbit hole where all of a sudden, You start wavering and going off to the other side and you're not focused on that vision and it it takes you away from that. And isn't it crazy how not only does it distract us, which kind of just pulls away from that fulfillment that when we're walking in what God's called us to walk in, there's always just a supernatural fulfillment regardless of what people think. But when we're not and we're allowing ourselves to become distracted, it creates so much frustration because it's apart from his will and his design. Um, I love what you said about how he gave you a vision and then he pulled you back and said, okay, but here's where you are now. Mm-hmm. Let's take this journey together. I I found so many times in my life where God has clearly spoken to me and I've known, okay, this is something I'm passionate about. This is something that I want to do. I can see myself. You can almost like see yourself, like a vision of what it's going to look like. And then you get so gung-ho on that that you forget that you're not there right now. And I don't know about you, but I am the 
best author and the worst finisher. The Bible talks about how God is the author and the finisher of our faith. And I think that it's beautiful because it shows us that he's a great starter and he's a great finisher. But I can get so distracted and frustrated with what other people think or what they're saying that a lot of times I jump in 100% and then I hit that roadblock of, someone's opinion or something being harder than I anticipated or feel not like you talked about, like not feeling capable. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, hold up. Oh, this thing. I'll do this thing instead. (laughs) I'll focus on this thing over here, you know, and or it's or I allow myself to settle for a lesser version of what he said. I think that's the biggest one. And I'm not walking in that season yet, but I I see that with moms. I feel like sometimes moms have this desire to do certain things. There's something that God's put in their heart for how they want to raise their family or what they see as his best plan for their life. And sometimes there's a settling that takes place, not because life is so hard, but because of distraction and because of opinion. Would you say that can be a, a, a thing that happens in your personal experience? Absolutely. For me, it's satisfaction, getting that instant satisfaction. So there are some things where, you know, you have a goal and it's just taking you too long to get there. And like you said, you're hitting too many roadblocks. You're dealing with too many people's opinions. You feel like you're never going to get there. You're never going to accomplish what you want to. And so just like you said, oh, this over here, I'll go do this. Why? Because I know that I can do that. I can get it done quickly and it'll give me that instant satisfaction that I've been craving Because it wasn't happening fast enough over here. And as we know, it's all in God's timing. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. (laughs) I think about the passage that talks about the seed sown. And, you know, it talks about how the seed was sown in rocky ground. The seed was sown um, in... Uh, Oh, I can't even remember all of the soils, but the one in particular that has always stood out to me is the seed that initially was received with gladness, Mm, but the mm -hmm. cares of life set in and choked it out from being able to bear fruit. And if there's any one of those seeds in that passage that I relate with, that's the one. Absolutely. Because... I often receive the word of God with gladness, whether it's what I'm reading in the scripture or what I feel like he's speaking to my heart. But then the cares of life set in and we're human, right? I mean, this is where God's grace is sufficient and why his, the word says that his mercies are new every morning because he knows that we're just not going to get it right every time or maybe even half the time. (laughs) But there is its seed nonetheless. And if we'll allow it to take root and grow, then in God's perfect timing is when we're going to see that begin to produce a harvest, produce fruit in our lives. One of the things we also talked about with with this was how in a lot of times comparison can diminish or lessen the direction he's given us for the approval of others and how really how uniquely and wonderfully God has made each individual woman, parent, mom, he's made us all so uniquely. There's not a perfect method. And you kind of gave an example on this. I think that was really, really helpful to kind of put that in perspective. You had talked about your kids um, and the differences between your kids and how different things work with each kid, just like how different things work with all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Especially thinking about mothers and when they get so wrapped up into my friend over here is doing this with her family and my friend over here is doing this with her family and it looks different from what I'm doing with mine. And I took that on a scale of looking at how I parent both of my children individually Mm -hmm. and um, more so 
in relation to my six-year-old and my three-year-old and how different they are. My six-year-old is that people-pleasing, just love bug, wants to love all over you, be so close to you, wants to do whatever you want to do because it makes you happy. And my three-year-old is the one that is, I'm going to do what I want to do and I'm okay with telling you no, and I'm not going to do it because it makes you feel good. I'm, I'm going to do what I want to do. <laughs> and there's so many differences, and I'm still the same mom, and I'm still the same parent, but they're so uniquely different. And you think that you can parent your children both the same way, and I have just found out that is not the case. There are things that I can do with Brantley that absolutely do not work with Olivia. Just today, I was talking to Olivia, and I said, will you come over here and give me a hug? And she's like, no, I'm busy playing with my dolls. And then Brantley was like, I'll give you a hug. And he comes <laughs> running over from across the room. And he was like, because he knew that I wanted that. And that's the way that, you know, he receives love. That's the way he shows love. And so it was, com- it's completely different with each child. And so you can't parent the same way with two different children. And so you take that in respects to how you live your life and comparing it to how other people live their life. You can't do the same thing as somebody else and expect to get those same results. Your family's just going to be different than the other families around you. And that's a good thing. That is a good thing. That's how God created you to be different. Yeah. And I think that it's an example because you're going to come across people that are different, that maybe there there are going to be some mamas that relate with you super, super well and the, the decisions that you're making and the things that you're doing, and it's going to be an inspiration to them. And it's going to remind them of the things that God's told them to do, or maybe somebody that doesn't know God, it's going to spark, it's going to be a point of interest in maybe how you're approaching things that's going to inspire them. And, and so like, we can't all be robots doing the same thing. And, and plus it's just like the Bible, the Bible talks about how every joint supplies, there's a different part for every person to play. And when the Bible talks about the parts of the body, it talks about how, you know, the, the, the foot doesn't look down on the eye and the ear doesn't look down on the nose. And there's not one part of the body that's more important than the others. In fact, a lot of times the ones that are working behind the scenes are the ones that are most vital for the functioning of the body. And it's the same thing in how we interact with other people and how we decide to live our lives as couples and as families, or if you're single and you're listening to this, it's, it's how you decide to live your in, your your life during your time that you're single is you have to just follow the voice of God and believe that the part that you have to play is important and that you are uniquely and wonderfully made. I, there's a couple of verses that stuck out to me within with the kind of just along these lines. And in Second Corinthians 10, 12, it says, for we don't dare classify or compare ourselves with someone who commends themselves, but in measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves to themselves, they lack understanding. And, and we see that even within the world, like comparing ourselves to the world standard um, or looking internally and only like inwardly focused, it it leads to destruction and it's a clear indication that we lack understanding. Our measuring stick is is what did God say? <laughs> like that's it. And what a free way to live if we can really grab a hold of it because 
trying to please people is maddening. I mean, it will eat you alive. I have been a people pleaser my whole life and I can get super bold with certain types of people. It's really funny because there's just certain people that I just have no problem being super direct with. But then there are other people that if I'm not careful, I will bend ship shape, shift shape. Wait, what? I'm trying. <laughs> I will change shape to do whatever I can to fit in with that person or with that group of people. I, I will cater to in whatever way that I can to meet their approval. And it, that it, it is like so destructive. It will eat you alive. In fact, I just challenge you, if you are fighting anxiety in your body, like it's anxiety is a reoccurring issue to you. I just feel like there are some women that are that are going to be listening to this that you're struggling with anxiety and you are just so consumed in what people think about you, like the opinions and the fears of man and how they're going to respond, what their reaction is going to be. And there is freedom found in following the voice of God and allowing him to be the one thing that you seek to please. I, I'm a little bit of a side tangent there, but I just really feel strongly. It's just something that, and I can't even imagine because it gets so amplified when children get brought in the world, <laughs> when when people become pregnant and they're having babies and they're raising families. It's like it heightens. There's all of a sudden the, these experts that know everything about everything. <laughs> and it blows my mind. We're seeing it happen in all of the stuff that's going on in our world right now with the coronavirus. It's like we've got all of a sudden all these quote unquote scientists all of a sudden have an opinion on everything. And you're like, oh, I didn't know that you went to school for medicine your whole life. And obviously there's a lot of sarcasm loaded in that statement. But I think that that happens. And I I imagine being on your side of the fence, Danielle, with, with having three kids now, that that's something that you really have to fight through as a as a mom, as a parent. Absolutely. You know, I've been working through it personally with my relationship with the Lord lately is just releasing all of those tie downs and bondage of falling into doing what everybody else wants you to do. In fact, when we had Evie this time, we did something that we've never done before. And it was really hard. And we kept, you know, my husband and I kept going back to it going, are, is this, are we sure that this is what we want to do? Are we sure? Because it was so different than what everybody else does. Mm -hmm. And we were so concerned with what everybody's response was going to be with it. But both of us have been working on, you know, focusing in, like you said, that, um, measuring tool of what God says and what we know that he's put on our heart. And so when we had Evie, we decided that we were going to go to the hospital alone and not have anybody show up. And so we weren't going to have, um, either of our parents there. We weren't even going to have Brantley and Olivia show up. And we kept, you know, it's that divided heart thing where it's like your natural mind keeps going, are you sure you want to do this? And it brings in all of that doubt. And what are people going to say? And what are people going to think? But then you have that peace of mind when God has spoken to you, where it's just that strong sense of peace that just grounds you and says, this is what's right. And so with when we decided to have or when we got to the hospital with Evie. Um, We kept our kids home and we didn't have anybody come up to the hospital. And Josh and I would be sitting there holding Evie and we just look at each other and be like, 
This is so peaceful. We did exactly what we were supposed to do. We weren't, we didn't have the stress and anxiety of everybody coming into our room. And we were just able to take a second and breathe and just enjoy having our newborn baby with us without everything else going on and worrying about everybody else coming in and all of these other things. And it was the most peaceful, the best birth that I had ever had. And it was just the best decision that we made for us. And I stress that that might not be the decision that everybody else needs to make. But for Josh and I, we talked about it, we prayed about it, and we both just knew without a shadow of a doubt, that is what we wanted. And so every time those doubts kept coming up going, well, what are our parents going to think? And then we'd shut it down. Well, what about, this was a big one for me, was I'm not going to have those pretty family newborn pictures in the hospital bed where you have, you know, the whole family come in and they take this picture of everybody sitting in the hospital bed with the newborn baby. I was like, what about that? And I'm like, but that's not what really mattered to me. And so I pushed that aside. What about you know, the fact that my children won't get to meet her the day that she was born. It's like I pushed that aside and I had to keep pushing these things aside because I knew that my peace was in not having anybody else come and that we were just going to spend the three of us there at the hospital. And it was the best decision we made. Yeah, I love that story. I just think that's so powerful and so encouraging. And Philippians 4 is seriously, it might be my favorite chapter in the entire Bible, the whole chapter. I just absolutely love it. But I love that the Bible says it's it's a peace that passes understanding, you know, because everyone's opinion in that situation would have led your natural mind to believe that that what the decision you made would create more turmoil than it would peace. But God says, when you do what I've asked you to do, when you surrender your cares and your anxieties and your worries to me, and you just follow my voice, there's a peace that passes all understanding. And I love the next part of it because it says that that peace guards your heart and your mind. So it guards your desires. It guards your mind, your will, and your emotions. It literally, and the visual there, according to the, like the translation of that in the Greek is it mounts garrison. So it's like a literal guard. It's a a protector against your emotions being in turmoil or your mind going haywire or, you know, your heart. So, So it's a guard against things that would be contrary to what God said. And, and that is a, a beautiful depiction of that is we, we felt like God said to do it. And so we did it. It doesn't mean that thoughts didn't try to creep in. It doesn't mean that worries didn't try to creep in, but we cast those down. We laid those at God's feet and peace that passes past understanding was able to come into that moment. That's, that's such a, such a cool example. I love that. Kind of one of the last things I wanted to talk about a little bit, Danielle, was you had talked about timing and not comparing your timing to someone else's. And I know we talked a little bit about that just in like this being like a three-year journey um, and not looking at other people. But you you had said a couple of things. In fact, I want to read one thing that you had said specifically that I wrote down. You said, someone else accomplishing what I'm doing doesn't steal my thunder no matter how much the enemy tries to tell me that it does. And do you, will you just talk a little bit about what you've learned when it comes to timing in relation to motherhood and like what God's put on your heart? 
Yeah, you see that a lot with women in the jealousy thing. And if you see somebody, you know, a lot of us have like our niches or our passion or the things that we do. And I've experienced that some with some people that I know where it's like, that's my area of expertise. You can't do that. And the Lord just spoke to my heart and was and said to me, do you think I'm that small that I can't provide for all of my children. And it's just that idea that, you know, the enemy tries to come in and tell you that if somebody else succeeds or accomplishes what you have on your heart, then there's not enough room for you to receive what's yours. And that is just a total lie. It is absolutely untrue because God is so big and he cares about you so much that just because somebody else is over here succeeding doesn't take away from what he wants you to accomplish. When you allow that thought to come in, it creates jealousy, it creates competition, it creates really the mom shaming. And, you know, something I've noticed is that you tend to get jealous of people and you'll talk bad about them or point out bad things about them when it's something, when they're doing something and they're succeeding at something that you have on your heart or you know that you should be doing. You've got to make sure to keep yourself in check with that because if you're so distracted on what they're doing and what's coming to them, it's taking you away from where God has you in your timing. And the thing that I have noticed with that is that God has us all on different paths at different times. And just because we might be on a path doing somewhat of the same looking thing doesn't mean that we're doing it at the same time. And so I might see somebody, I've noticed that, you know, I have to keep myself in check when I see people with farms and goats and stuff like that. It's easy to get jealous of them and be like, oh my gosh, I want that so bad and I want that now. And then it's like bringing myself back to, but God's working with me on this stuff and he's bringing me through these things first before I can get to those things. If I'm just thrown into that world of goats and I haven't walked through what he wants me to walk through, then I won't be prepared prepared for what he has for me. And so I have to be able to walk through that before I can get to where he's leading me. Yeah, that timing thing is so critical and it's so hard. It's something that I think, especially in America, we are so prone to having what we want when we want it. I found, (laughs) I've learned how, how much things are at our fingertip in what's going on in the world because I've been trying to find like high quality flour in the store for three weeks now. <laughs> it's like this thing that I would normally be able to get any time of day, I can't find anywhere, you know, or people with toilet paper, you know, right away, you couldn't find toilet paper anywhere. And it's like, we're so used to having what we want, when we want it, how we want it. And if we can't like 
you can you can figure it out somehow. You can pay for it if if it's something that's rare that you want. Well, there I can probably find it on Amazon, and it'll be here within a couple of days. And whatever the thing is, we're just so used to having everything at our fingertips immediately, and it's so hard because that carries over a lot of times into the things that God puts in our hearts. And I do believe that God sometimes supernaturally will provide things on a dime. We see that, but we see more in Scripture Him doing that with people that don't know him. I think that's interesting. We see healings taking place and all of these things that are miraculous and instantaneous taking place really more as a sign to who God is. And a lot of times with people that are following him, there's a journey. There's a process. You know, there's there's a sacrifice that takes place. It's a seed that is sown and watered and grown. And there's there's times sometimes where we're in the wilderness or where things are not working out exactly as we had planned. And how good of a father that God really is because he knows what's best for us. And he wants to set us up for success. And he knows that sometimes in our impatient little minds that we think that we have to have this thing right now, that it's not what's best for us. As hard as that may feel in the moment, he knows what's best for us. And so I found myself lately praying God, you know, you know the timing, you know the way, you know the method, you know how you're going to provide, like you know. And I just really believe that in comparison, we get we get our eyes off the fact that God is the good and perfect father that knows exactly what we need, when we need it, and he is going to provide it. If he gave you a vision, if he put a vision in your heart to accomplish something, then the Bible says that he who begins the good work in us will see it through to completion. He's going to finish it, but it doesn't mean that there won't be a journey and a process sometimes, whether that's an emotional healing process, whether that's a testing of your faith, whether that's learning how to be a good steward of your finances, whether that's acquiring skills and knowledge to be able to do something so you don't end up looking like an idiot, like whatever the thing may be. He wants to set us up for success and we have to learn to trust him and trust that process. And for all of you moms listening, I'm, I know from experience with my good friends that have been mamas of one, two, three, four plus babies, that process can sometimes be hard. And sometimes there can be desires that he puts on your heart that seem to be lost within, even within motherhood. But just trust that if God said it, then he will bring it to pass. That just might not be in the timing that you think that it's supposed to happen. We all have a journey and we all have a process and and he's faithful to see it through if we'll trust him within that. So Danielle, any final thoughts or things that you know you really wanted to share in relation to this or just to encourage the, the mothers listening? I would say just bringing it back to our main point of not comparing what you're doing with your family to what others are doing and thinking that because your life doesn't look like somebody else's that you must be doing something wrong and to not allow those doubts and worries and fears that come in to tell you that you're wrong or you're not doing something right to be firmly founded in the 
ideas and the vision and the things that God has put on your heart and just constantly bring yourself back to that. And when you find yourself being tossed to and fro by other people's opinions or other people's judgments or what they're doing in their life and how their life looks picture perfect on Facebook, to just bring yourself back and say, what did God tell me? What has God said about me? And does that is what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling resonating with that? Or is it contradictory? And if it's contradictory to that peace in your heart, then you just need to throw it out and not focus on it and don't allow it to carry your thoughts away and get off of the vision that God has given you. Just keep coming back to that peace and what Mm -hmm. God has given you because it will, he will see it through. It will come to pass and you don't need to worry about what everybody else is doing because he's not talking to everybody else about you. He's talking to you about you. I think that's such a good reminder. In fact, I think I'll just read this last scripture as we close. We were laughing about this the other day. I just find it funny that, that God says this this way. In 1 Thessalonians 4, it says, We encourage you, brothers and sisters, to do this even more, to seek to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands as we commanded you, so that you may behave properly in the presence of outsiders and not be dependent on, on anyone. And if there was a second name for this podcast, I think we could say that it's, Did God Really Say mind your own business. And and yes, he did, (laughs) as we see here in scripture. So, oh man, I I got a good kick out of that. But it's the truth. It's it's not so that you can, it, 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 God knows what's best. Again, he knows what's best. And he knows that when we fix our eyes on him and we trust in him and we follow after the vision and the call that he's put on our lives, we are gonna be fulfilled We are going to feel full of purpose and passion, but when we're constantly focusing on everybody else, it steals our joy. And he, he doesn't want that because in him is fullness of life and joy and purpose. So, uh, thank you again, Danielle, for joining today for the Ruby kind and, um, ladies, I just hope that all of you, whether you are single, married, pregnant, already a mama on the other side of all of that, like just know that you're loved and that God has a plan for you. And we do want to say a special happy Mother's Day to all of our mamas out there. So we hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope you have a great rest of your day. There's a lie within the world of women that says someone else always has the best body, the better marriage, most well-behaved kids, the Joanna Gaines style home whatever the it is that we're after in that moment. But Jesus warns us to keep our thoughts away from what other people seemingly have that we don't. He calls us back to focus on what he's given us, the tools we have in that moment, our family, our friends, our gifts and talents. And oh my goodness, what a wonder it does when we get our focus off of others and onto him and his plan for us. We don't always have everything we want, And the things don't always happen in the time that we think it should. I can't tell you how many times I've cried out to God, reminding him of the things he's promised to me that still haven't happened. But dear friend, he finishes the things he starts and every good and perfect gift comes from him. So let's keep our gaze on him. Let's focus on what he's called us to and how he's directed us to lead our families. Let's walk away from judgmental conversations Let's be a people grateful for what he's provided and let's learn to celebrate with other women in what he's called them to do. 
My friend Danielle did such a good job of bringing us back to that perspective and reminding us of the power of following God's voice instead of getting sucked into what other people say or think. I pray this was an encouragement to all of our listeners, especially all of you amazing mamas. God's plan for you is unique and it is incredible. As always, I want you to know how thankful I am for your support and love. Please share this podcast with a friend, and if you haven't yet, please give us a review. That's how other ladies like yourself get to know about our podcast. Our prayer is that more women would connect and to grow into the kind of woman worth far more than rubies. Until next time, friends, my love and prayers are with you. is written and directed by Danielle Hallberg. Original music and audio production by Nakota Rankin. Connect with us online. Links to our website, Instagram, and Facebook can be found in the show notes.